Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Tell me about like one or two of your favorite games or projects you've worked on. I will go with uh, one that happened very recently. Uh... Mm-hmm. Welcome to Game Dev Advice the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call, 224-484-7733, or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. Tonight's episode is with Glenn DeLeon, a talented 3D artist heading up creative teams that have developed games including Star Wars The Old Republic, Borderlands 3, Friday the 13th, The Game, and The Sims. He's currently working from his home in Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico, and welcomes other artists to reach out since he's passionate about helping others level up their skills and finding their way in the industry. He also asks me some questions I wasn't prepared for, so enjoy. Hi, Glenn. Uh, Where are you calling in from tonight? Hey, John. I'm calling from the mid-capital of Mexico, Monterrey, Nuevo Leon. Ah, the meat capital. Very nice. So how are you doing down there and, and dealing with COVID and all those kind of things? Well, it's been an extremely long and tedious process. It has been, what, uh, mm-hmm. almost two years already? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in Mexico, uh, things have been moving along very slowly, and most things are still closed, and even vaccination rates and all of that is a little bit uh, slow. Hmm. Uh, personally, uh, there are some things that I've, I have enjoyed during this time. Okay. Uh, I think it was pretty interesting at the beginning when, uh, people had to adapt to this new reality of working from home, because I know it's right. not like that for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. even though it's very common for artists, sometimes they work like that, yeah. uh, up until that point when just pandemic started and all of that, uh. I was already working from home for maybe, I don't know, like two years, two years and a half. So mm-hmm. at first it wasn't like a huge change in my life, uh, but right. it was very interesting to see how everybody uh, had to adapt to the same things I went through uh, at the beginning. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I appreciate it because now they were able to relate to how things were for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like, hearing how people being happy about working all day in pajamas or uh, <laughs> right. You know, it was very it was very interesting and you know yeah. even even the complex and more difficult stuff like I don't know if you experience this because you're also working from home but it's sometimes mm-hmm. it it becomes a little bit overwhelming when the place where you work is also the place where you're supposed to be <laughs> resting yeah 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 because it's sometimes like all right uh stop and walk up the stairs and and tap out because yeah when you're in the same spot and, and I have a office down here and and it's always like oh yeah, I, I, I have to stop doing this because you just kind of get into your groove and you lose track of time. So yeah, you, you have to create those boundaries. And I set timers now on my phone to be like, hey, dummy, go upstairs, stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, all, it's so easy to just be always on and mm-hmm. just not having a, a limit of when you need to stop. But right. all in all, it has been, uh, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm used to this now. And I'm glad that I, I can relate with other people now working in the same situation. So tell me about your current role as a 3D artist. Yeah, I'm currently a 3D lead uh, working for this studio called Devoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a studio based on, in LA. Um, okay. I'm in charge of just leading teams that are creating art that's going to be seen in the final game. That's basically the gist of it. Uh, I make sure that the artists uh, follow the instructions that uh, at any given project, and mm-hmm. I give them art direction when they need. Like we we need to keep consistent mm-hmm. art direction of the game is going in the right direction and stays consistent between all of assets, all of the assets and things right. like this. I'm also responsible for well providing feedback on all of this and helping junior artists to uh, level up in their own skills, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I used to be on the other side. I be, I used to be uh, <laughs> I used to be the artist that had to work with leads, and mm-hmm. I, I think through the through the years it helped me and understand in a different way with and through experience. I guess yeah. now I'm working as a leader, and now I'm the one uh, guiding other artists, which is, has been very interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the drawovers and red markup and giving the yeah. art direction and you know here's the art bible air quotes and stuff like that right yeah it's a little bit different now because you're less focused on art uh sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit more on the manager side okay. uh, right just managing people talking to clients things like that but it, it has its own uh pros i think you're able to uh learn a lot just by understanding the project to a point where you can also explain it in a simple way to a different artist so they are able to understand it too. So yeah. I, that's something I was not expecting to happen, but it, it has been helping me. It has mm-hmm. helped me a lot to learn in a different way. You have to kind of maybe uh, convert and speak to the artist in the way that makes sense so they can make the assets and, and you know do the art the way that works for the game. So that's cool. How did you get started in the game industry? I think that's interesting because uh, I've been thinking about this. It's funny because even though I'm working from mexico and i'm in mexico and i started here i think mm-hmm. my story uh is pretty similar in some ways to other people that part of this industry where i started just as a fan of video games uh right you know ever, ever since the moment as a little kid when i had an snes controller in my hands i was pretty <laughs> much doomed for uh, life right. <laughs> You know, uh, it, it has been def- definitely different because I was basically a fan, but there's no no industry here in Mexico. 
there's right. definitely no or it's still pretty new and mm-hmm. uh, i never thought i could be just be able to achieve this dream of you know some day i'm gonna be working on the games that i grew up with playing and yeah it's probably abstract, right? So, like, wow, I love games, but how do you actually make them? So, so how'd you get that first break? Like, like, where did you get that first job to to start? Just right after college, I was super lucky. Mm-hmm. There, there was a new studio, an outsourcing game studio that just opened up hmm. there in my in my city in Monterrey. Okay. Uh, it's called CG, CGBot, hmm. and that's the only place to this day that and another one that they do game art. So I applied, and one week after college i joined and i was already working there but wow. i was still pretty new i was still pretty uh, i didn't know a lot of things it's an interesting thing because all of the talent and all of the workers that are there are entirely mexican so it's weird to think that even though you are from apart you're still able to contribute to the same teams that are working on on the main games on the AAA games and things like that uh, yeah. that's basically where i started learning everything about the pipeline everything about you know even today's yeah <laughs> even being able to tell when something doesn't look good when something looks good um mm, yeah like art direction stuff like that yeah, yeah. that's how it started um the, the thing is this is not a this is something this is an issue about the industry in mexico we don't really have a good way that there are not many outlets to display or to where you can be a part of mm-hmm. workforce because there's not existence okay so it, it always opens the opportunity to i don't know if if you don't work there maybe you don't you can work in any other place right so yeah sometimes it's difficult to like for example have a, a the same level or same salary for example that you would have in a in an actual studio outside of mexico right yeah yeah you know i spent four years there working mm-hmm. I, I went i went through a lot of different projects that's the cool part uh the people there are very talented i was able to work on games like star wars or Sims or even cool. Star Citizen. I think at this point, everybody worked on Star Citizen <laughs> at some point in their life. Um, right. Yeah, during all of that time, I, I also spent my free time practicing and just trying to improve because it has always been the goal to just pursue other other opportunities and being able to, yeah. I, I don't know, just look outside of what's here, really. No, that's smart that you did that, right? Because like, you know, it sounds like you're improving your skills doing new things at night and, and getting better at your craft, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's the way to rise in the industry and get better and do new stuff, not like just zone out and watch Netflix, right? Like you, yeah. you, you have to, you, you know, you're a craftsperson, right? You have to get better at your craft. So, you know, that's key. So what do you yeah. wish you had known when you'd started as an artist? Like thinking back when you get that first job? Oh, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think that the answer for that question has been changing um mm-hmm. throughout the years right now i feel like what it's very important to know for when you're a beginner is i wish i would have uh been able to understand that this career and the pursuit of just mastery especially on a craft and an art uh, like like a creative outlet like it's game art it should be a marathon and not a sprint uh, <laughs> Because I used yeah. to have this philosophy where uh, I was going to achieve my dream and I was going to pursue my goal and I was going to do it at any at any cost. Not not it, it didn't matter if it <laughs> uh, if I lost if I lose any any sleep if I 
if I don't take care of myself, it doesn't matter if in the end uh, right. I achieve what I wanted. Uh, right. <laughs> but that's a very destructive way of thinking about this, especially when this is gonna so this is something that you're gonna be doing for a long, long time. And mm -hmm. if you want to not burn yourself out. Yeah, uh, exactly. Burnout is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the reality is if you're tired all the time and if you if you're mm -hmm. suffering from burnout, art and creative doesn't come from that place. It cannot exist really. It's very right. difficult if you if you if you sit every day and just hate what you're seeing on the screen because you're so tired, then that's not worth doing. Uh I think it's very important to know and, and, and think about those things. And it's very easy to miss when you're just starting out. Uh, like I was at, at the beginning, I was, I don't know, yeah. I was young, I was full of energy, I was Passion. full of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to keep going. And even though it's still fun and, and you can do it, it's better to have some degree of balance, um, mm -hmm. especially if you want to keep doing this for a long time. Right, right. Yeah, if you don't want to crash and burn, right, you have to pace yourself a little bit. Um, what advice would you give someone looking to get their first job as an artist? Like, yeah, you know, put um, yourself in your shoes, you know, in 2021 year. I guess it depends on where you are located, because mm -hmm. uh, I think it might be easier if you live in a place where you have uh, much more opportunities. There are more studios. Maybe if you're living in the, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, Right. But there's something that's common and it's always going to be the main essential part in any place you live. Working on your portfolio and having a good set of artworks is the most important thing you're going to mm -hmm. have. Exactly. That's the key that's going to open every door wherever you go. Uh, mm -hmm. That's basically, uh, as long as you have a good portfolio, there's always going to be a, 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 an opportunity for you. Yep. And how do you create that? How do you... How do you make sure you have a good portfolio? Well, that's where you spend all the time doing, which is practice and honing mm -hmm. your craft. And mm -hmm. but it, not every type of practice is good practice. Um, <laughs> there's this concept of deliberate practice, which is this means that you're not just working mindlessly without a goal in mind. Uh, right. It's it's not just going on autopilot. It's also working and trying to improve your weak spots and. You know, the things that, you know, you struggled with. I've seen this happen and, and it happened to me too. I, I started actually wanting to be a concept artist. And I remember I used mm. to draw characters with the hands on the back because I, I found that hands are very difficult to draw. So <laughs> you <laughs> we, don't see them, then they look fine. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah, they have them in their pockets. You know, I don't have yeah. to draw them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so... That's that's not if you always practice what you're already good at, you're not going to improve. Uh, right, I can grow. Yeah, yeah. You you have to focus on the things that are gonna make the change, and just spending time on on the things that are, that would give you the better chance of at growing. Yeah. So I I, th I think that's a very important thing to remember, especially if if you're trying to break into the industry. It's also important to try and find one mentor. Uh, Mm. Because it's gonna be easier if there's someone uh, guiding you, and I know it's difficult to find, or or maybe not everybody has the means, or they can go to college or whatever. But yeah. um, everybody has internet. Everybody can have access to the forums. I used to uh, post all of my stuff in this place called Polycan. I think every 3D artist knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so you can receive feedback from 
those places and um, yeah there there's always people that want to help others and right. that, that's a good way of growing and after that it's important to visit places like art station and post your yeah, stuff online Mm-hmm. It, it, this is also a, uh, an advice that I received, and I think it's true. Uh, okay. When you're starting out and you're just getting yourself, uh, you want to get yourself known, it's a good strategy to work on fan art. Uh, you work on fan art to attract people that already know and are fond of, I don't know, maybe a, a, a known IP. And okay. that's how you attract them, and you hope they stay for your personal work. Oh, I see. Kind of lure yeah. them in with it, the, the yeah. Star Wars <laughs> concepts. And yeah, that, that's the trap. You you make them think that it's going to be all Star Wars, but then they find all your artwork. <laughs> right, yeah. If it's good, they will stay. But um, it, it's good to post to our station for uh, all of definitely. this because I know, and it even happens with the studio I work for now, all the mm-hmm. recruiters use our station to go yeah. and find talent. and. That's where they recruit everybody. And, and I've seen many people just start their careers. And that's how mine started, too, uh, yeah. in some ways. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. We, we look at artist portfolios uh, frequently. And I'll share with the art director. And they'll be like, what? They don't have an art station page? It's like, what are they doing, right? Yeah. And it's some, some Wix dot whatever site. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, this is this is a uh, low rent, right? Like, no, like it's free, you know, get the art station, put in the effort and have a great reel because uh, that as an artist, you know, you live and die by that. Right. So like, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's also important to, I mean, I, I learned this the hard way. Um, it's always important to have your portfolio ready because mm-hmm. you don't know when an opportunity is going to come, it's going to appear and, Yep. Well, you don't have your portfolio ready. You can you cannot even try it and make an attempt to take it because you don't have it. Yeah, and those opportunities come, and it's not like you can just schedule them and you map it all out. Like you know, somebody be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And oh, here's my art station, and you know, something happens because you're ready, and if you're not ready, and you're like, "Oh, I'll get back to you in two weeks," it's gone, right? Like, so yeah, you know, someone else is, is in line to take. What about advice um, for other artists? like yourself in the career right now that are wanting to say progress and, and, and get further and be uh, an art director like yourself and other kind of things. I've seen this happen and there's mm-hmm. a lot of value in working on personal artwork with okay. you being the one art directing yourself. Uh, this is an issue that happens sometimes where mm. I see work from other people and I wonder, are they good or the one leading him the good one? Uh, and it, this happens in, in studio where people are able to reach higher levels because they have guidance and yeah. they never get to practice uh, the critical eye and the critical thinking about is mm. this really good? Is this not good? Uh, right. I started developing those skills when uh, I started working on personal artwork and I was not following like instructions from a, an art director or a, or a lead artist because it was around what I considered to be good uh, mm-hmm. rather than making sure that Star Wars looks like Star Wars, for example, sure. which is also good, but uh, right. you don't get to practice or you don't get to solve those problems when they already solved for you. So uh, in this case, I think it's really valuable to spend the time doing that. Like, for example, some of the work that I've done, 
that are personal. The one you see is version number five because I already went through other four versions that I didn't like because I was still iterating on, on them and yeah. just deciding like, hey, this is not good enough. Uh, if I look this piece against other piece that, pieces that uh, have similar style of what I want, does it fit? Does it not fit? Uh, mm -hmm. how, how much is left to reach that level? Uh, what do I need to do? And you also ask for feedback and, and all of that. But in the end, it's very important to be able to say if something needs to be improved. Mm -hmm. That's also something, that's also a way of evolving from just an artist to someone who can review other artists that can see if something is not done the best way or yeah. is, is something that still can be improved. Okay. I think that's very valuable for, for people. I know that uh, this industry sometimes doesn't leave a lot of time to work on personal things, but yeah, even with your own assets and mm -hmm. inside the studio, if you are reviewing yourself, if you're uh, art directing yourself, it's very, it's very valuable for that, I think. Right. So there's a little bit of um, diversity in your portfolio and stuff like that when you, when you have a mix of your own stuff and, and stuff that you worked on for games and stuff to show uh, a range you talked a little about this earlier, but like, what's your advice for developing interpersonal skills, you know, EQ, the, the soft skills for like managing other artists? Uh, probably the most important thing is, you know, and I'm probably going to focus on teamwork is, mm -hmm. is to remember that you're working with other people and other humans. And, you know, it's, it's about treating other people with respect and just being able to be a team player with them and remembering that uh, this is very important because I've seen what happens when you don't yeah. uh, is to remember that every every single part of that team is just one makes one team and they are not competing against each other. Yeah. And you know, if they have success, you will also be you will also have success because you're part of the same team. Mm -hmm. So you have now a reason to wanting to help others and yeah, you know, I, goal, I've known. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I've known artists, for example, that they like to hoard knowledge. They don't like to help others, and they uh, don't like to show their processes. They don't like to show the way they work. Or if someone is struggling with something, they just leave them to suffer. Right, right. Uh, the bad mindset. Because they, yeah. yeah, because they they think that gives them an advantage because right they are the only ones that know yeah uh, i'll hold on to this, this and no one else will have it and then i'll be the star right yeah yeah it's like the diva type um, right totally totally diva yeah. and in reality what ends up happening is that no one wants to work with those guys because <laughs> uh, yeah they are not easy to work with and mm. you know when you're gonna spend uh hours and hours every day right. you hope that you don't find one of those in your in your mm -hmm. team uh you know and also learning how to be able to communicate uh just instructions and giving clear feedback or what saying what you want want in a in a mm -hmm. you know in a very understandable way uh i think is yeah something that I just always uh you know it, it's it's a way to avoid problems and avoid issues down the line right um yeah, and also when you have more experience that, than the new guy, for example, you, you have an opportunity to be a leader and mm -hmm. just give direction because obviously they, they're they not the ones that are going to be able to tell you're the one with experience, you're the one with uh, 
with the knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, just use it and, and just work with your own team. No, it's yeah, kind of be a mentor and um, help them get better because then, you know, rising tide raises all boats or whatever that phrase is. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Earlier, a few years, uh, few years ago, uh, I work on a, a Sims game. Um, mm. and I remember being very fond of that experience because I grew up playing The Sims too. Okay. So it was one of the first times that where I was working on something like, yeah, this feels like I'm working now in the game industry because I, I recognize this name. I recognize, right. uh, yeah. I mean, I, I dream about working on this. And now you you're know, it's contributing to it, yeah. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, now I'm adding to it for someone else to 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 enjoy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and, and to date myself, like uh, man, SimCity 2000. Uh, I used to play the hell out of that game, and it was way back when it was really more about kind of a resource management when you would uh, zone different different parts of the land and wire up the uh, the plumbing and the electricity and all that kind of stuff and. Uh, it's it's wild just how that whole franchise has continued to grow and evolve because it's SimCity 2000 is very different from yeah the current Sims and or even the Sims from 10 years ago. So hats off to EA for pulling that off. It's such a a, a killer uh, game or franchise, I should say. So yeah, at some point you're just living a different life inside the game. <laughs> <laughs> like. Wait a minute! I played that. Now I'm making stuff for that. Like, is this real? <laughs> so, what as a gamer and as an artist, what are you curious about right now in the industry? I'm very intrigued to see what type of games are gonna be released in this generation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know how the PlayStation and Series X are still pretty, pretty new. Yeah. Uh, I I think we to this point we don't have any true next-gen title uh, that has been able to showcase all of the jumping technology we had from the last uh, generation. Right, the power. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see what's going to happen because also the new Unreal Engine was released just very recently. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you got the chance to see the tech demo they showed. Uh, I've heard about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and as an artist, they were doing some pretty uh, some crazy stuff, really. Uh, hmm. I was wondering, like, when are we going to see those things? Uh, you know, when are we going to see that graphical fidelity in, in an actual game? Right. Uh, because that's a, that's a demo, right? And, and right. it's to get you hyped. But uh, right. when, when, when is the time I'm going to see that in a game? Yeah, uh, yeah I, wa I want to see more studios experiment more with what they can create now. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to what's next. What, what about potential threats for the game industry? 
I think the biggest one for me is uh, I don't want to live in a world where the sequel world, <laughs> where <laughs> everything is a sequel from a, yeah. a franchise that, that was already successful. Right. Um, I don't know. We are already in, on Final Fantasy 15, so <laughs> I don't know. It might yeah. be already happening. Uh, right. But yeah, I, I think that's a that's a that's a threat to to the industry. I hope we don't always go with the low low risk option. I hope we mm -hmm. we can see more yeah, yeah diversity innovation and, and innovation. Yeah, yeah. totally. You, you touched about this earlier, but like, what are your thoughts about VR and AR? Yeah, uh, for for VR, actually, I I very recently tried that one for the first time. Okay. Uh, I I got the Oculus Quest, I think. Uh, that's oh, name. Um, Zuckerberg knows, man. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I never tried it. I always saw it as a gimmick because mm -hmm. uh, the first time we saw things like that, I, I think was when I don't know. It, it started with what, what was the name in the Wii era when we had motion controls. Then it evolved with uh, yeah. the Kinect and. I mean, oh, right. yeah. I saw all of those things as gimmicks and just right. things that didn't add a lot of value and it was going to be something that I would be tired of playing really quickly. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, you know, when I tried it and I was playing Beat Saber and getting my ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> and sweating, yeah, was, like, man, this is exhausting. <laughs> What's my cardio at? Yeah, <laughs> but it feels like you're there and it feels like you, you, you are yeah. actually interacting with the world uh, in a different way. And I got pretty excited about it. Mm -hmm. And after I, I tried this with with uh, in an Oculus that wasn't mine, but after that I just went and buy one because mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted to try it at home. And yeah. I, I want to see more things like that. And I I want to see more games like Half Half Life Alex, for example. Where uh, I was uh, playing that for a while. Yeah, I need to go back to that. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. And I wonder actually a few years later, mm -hmm. how are we going to see? How are we gonna look back on this and 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 think about it? Like, I wonder uh, if people right. felt the same way when when they were playing the Virtual Boy. I think that was the name. Uh, <laughs> I I remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. Yeah, it, it was vector graphics. It just red lines, and it gave everybody migraines. And it was one of <laughs> Nintendo's big flops. But yeah, it was it was pioneering. But that it, it was ahead of its time. And yeah, the Virtual Boy was. Uh, strange yeah google that it's it was weird but i wonder if we're gonna look at look back at it and see like and i think like whoa what a primitive uh technology <laughs> we, they used to have fun with i don't know <laughs> right like the nintendo power glove what what is that <laughs> there yeah. Is. Glove. yeah so, so I, i'm i'm very excited to see how that's going to evolve uh mm -hmm. i i know that especially i mean we don't have the same uh ability to create games up to the same standard that we do for non-VR games. So I wonder if, yeah. if they're going to match at some point and if you're going to be able to play, I don't know, God of War in VR, for example. Oh, right. Yeah, because frame rate's so important. And, uh, you, you know, yeah, to have that level of fidelity and have that, that level of frame rate, because when the frame rate is weak, it makes people nauseous and it's a, it's a very bad experience. But yeah, it, it'll get there, right? Is it five years or eight years or four years from now? But yeah. So transitioning, like, what's a funny or odd story from your years of working in the game industry? Let me think about it. Because everything was totally normal, right? Like, it was just normal days, <laughs> nothing weird. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, I mean, you can kind of get used to, I guess, certain routine 
especially when you're working at a studio. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I spent four years working at a, a Mexican studio. Yeah. But when I when I switched and started working for uh, a foreign studio, mm -hmm. it was very interesting to see how it was multicultural. Like I was the only Mexican at some point, so uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting to work with Eastern people. Uh, mm -hmm. Just there are a lot of of people working and they are super talented uh, that come from Ukraine. Right. But I have a very specific way of communicating where <laughs> they, they, I was talking to this friend, he was saying like the Western always tries to talk all the time and they want to, to chat with everybody. We just want to say our thing, be direct and get to the point and get back to work. Right, like, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty funny because I used to think that people were angry at me. <laughs> yeah, why well, they're not saying anything? But that's just yeah. <laughs> that's just how they operate. Yeah, you're right. In Ukraine and Eastern Europe, is very just terse with their their words and direct. But it, but it's very interesting because they they feel oh that's the way they feel comfortable working. Mm -hmm. Now you 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 get the uh, you learn how to work with them and you always you also remove all the all the all the fluff and just give them what they want so they right. can be happy too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about games you're playing now or you're excited about? I'm playing Fire Emblem Tree Houses. Uh, I've been slowly going at it because I'm always busy now. So hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a very fun game. Very Who makes that? I've not heard of it. That's from, it's on the Nintendo Switch. I'm blanking oh. right now on who oh. makes it. On the Switch, makes okay. It. Yeah. But it's a, it's a really good game. Uh, I'm very excited right now about the next Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, mm, yeah. I was looking at the trailer and just looking at gameplay, and they were showing the environments. And there, I, I think in those environments there are like five mobile games inside. Like you have the budget wow. to create five mobile games just with the budget they they use for geometry. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty it's pretty exciting to see. So, is there anything I should have asked you about but didn't? Any thoughts or ideas you have about anything? Well. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you some questions. I know yeah, it, it has ahead. been. <laughs> what what games do you like to play? What what keeps you inspired uh, after uh, working on, on the industry for so long? Um, I'm kind of lame. I, I I don't play a lot of games like Abe's Odyssey, you know, mm -hmm. just something just kind of relax and just kind of chill out. Um, I'm not the gamer I used to be like with my sons. We used to hook up the Xbox and have the steering wheel and, and play Forza and all that kind of stuff. But for me now, it's more just about short snippets and kind of playing casual games like Abe's Odyssey and just kind of chilling out yeah. and just trying to string together some jumps and uh, do that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a bad answer, but that's kind of what <laughs> I do now. No, I, I, I thoroughly understand. Like it's more, uh, it's more and more difficult to have time to play games uh it has happened to me like you you join this industry wanting to uh yeah. create games because of because you love them but now you don't have the time to play them yeah i mean i grew up playing games in the arcade during like um stranger things right like i was in mm -hmm. high school in the 80s so that that's where you play games and i was very really passionate about going to the arcade and playing tron and uh spy hunter and joust and i'm very fortunate yeah. to have worked with people who made those games when i was at midway you know i was kind of like wayne's yeah. world i'm not worthy right like to, to be able to work with those people that made the games that i grew up with but yeah as life's evolved and i've been doing other things i've just focused more on mobile and doing 
kind of small bursts of games versus sitting down for a, a three-hour experience. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I, I'm, I, I know those those games were before my my before even I I was born, but I I, right. I went back and played I'm a lot old. of games. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I still enjoy Joust and and mm-hmm. a lot of the classic games for sure. Yeah, there's great mechanics, and they were they were so um, uh, efficient with how they use their resources right like that they, they they had just snippets for graphics and snippets for audio and they made these really compelling experiences just based on your your mind to kind of fill in the blanks sometimes it wasn't uh so immersive you're just you know you would see those things uh uh beyond what was on the screen if that makes sense yeah and sometimes i prefer games like that you know when you don't have that much time having a game that's simple that has a game loop easy to understand that mm-hmm. is satisfying. Yeah. Uh, it's preferable than, I don't know, I have to 100 markets in the map because <laughs> everybody wants something from me. Right, <laughs> right. Or you, you go online and you're just cannon fodder, right? Because it's like, uh, yeah. I'm trying to learn this and it was just destroying me. I'm getting, you know, owned by a 13-year-olds. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't need to agree. Yeah, I- anything else you want to know about me? or? Um, let me think about it. Uh, would you say Mortal Kombat is your favorite project you have worked on? Yeah, it. Um, Were you a fan before uh, working on that you, game? Or? You know, I I played a lot of Mortal Kombat two on the console, mm-hmm. and um, it's my favorite f- is three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I was managing QA uh, at Viacom New Media, which was the video game division of Viacom, the mega corporation behind MTV and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. and we would. Uh, People take breaks, play MK2 in my manager's office, and that was like the thing to do all the time. So I was not, I didn't have the, from MK1 through MK4 in the arcade experience, um, people might assume, but um, yeah, it was exciting to work on that, to work with talented people, to uh, be part of a game, part of a franchise that would sell millions and millions of units. And for me personally, just to be, to see what the, uh, I think it was the MPD, kind of like the sales charts and stuff like that to see uh, the game when we would be number one for a couple of weeks in October mm-hmm. um, before damn GTA would come out and just like, uh, yeah, GTA just sucked the life out of the whole industry. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> y- you know, to, to work on that and just be part of that kind of storied franchise. Um, yeah, I was proud of that. And um, Oh, was it for you? How did you join the industry? Uh, um, did you always knew that uh, that you wanted to work on that? I was an artist before there were 3D artists, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was back when there were 2D artists, and uh, I had an art scholarship, and I went to school. I got into computer graphics in the early days, in the mid-80s, when it was very uh, rudimentary and difficult. And in the back of my mind, growing up in arcades, I always wanted to work in games. I remember saying that to a friend of mine, which I forgot, which my mother had remembered. and. I got a job in um, 1989 at the Turbo Graphics, which was a system that competed with the Sega Genesis. So mm. it never took off. It never was never like a Genesis or the Super Nintendo, like you mentioned. And yeah. it was by NEC, and I was on the hotline phone, and you couldn't get you get stuck at level four on Keith Courage in the Alpha Zone, which was the bundle game. So I would give people tips on the phone, and the phone would ring, uh-huh. and I would pick up the phone, and we would talk people through how to beat and bosses and uh that was a part-time job and uh and then it was a full-time job and then it became a career so um yeah it was weird to study art 
and then just do this on the side because I was going to go into advertising. And all of a sudden it turned into this career that I guess I've been planning for my whole life, but I hadn't intentionally planned for. Stumble into the, into the, I stumbled into something yeah. I was prepared for. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool to hear uh, that you work on, on giving advice to, to people for the games. I heard that Nintendo had something similar. Yes, uh, yes. They, yeah. You know, it's funny. They had their own hotline phone. And <laughs> a friend yeah. of mine, Hans Lowe, um, Hans L.O., who is an awesome person and uh, a producer, he was the producer on uh, Mortal Kombat after I left to pursue other options and ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, he and I did the same job about two, 2,000 miles apart back at the same time. So he yeah. was answering the hotline phone at Nintendo, and I was answering the hotline phone at Turbo Graphics, and <laughs> Turbo Graphics obviously crashed and burned, and Nintendo rushed everybody. So um, yeah, it was funny because we had the same career trajectory. We were just at two different companies. He was at the winner, and I was at the loser. So yeah, yeah, I always wanted to call uh, something like that because I I needed help <laughs> definitely. Well, there's um, no internet, right? Like, what are you going to yeah. do? You know, you can't just Google it. There was and there was magazines. It was either you yeah. look at a magazine. Or you call the number and um, yeah, that, that that's yeah. That's I, I enjoyed that part when you were not able to look for the answer uh, mm -hmm. because it turned into it would become like a rumor things things yeah. that would happen in a game. Like right. I remember hearing like, hey, if you shoot an arrow to the sun in a pain of time, <laughs> you will receive a, a fire arrow. I'm like, what, really? Right, and right, yeah, yeah. Now, like now you like, what about this? Well, I try. I heard you do this, 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 and this thing happens. All right, I'm going to go try it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can just Google anything. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes some of the mystery away. It takes the uh, excitement because it's like, I'm going to try that. Wait a minute. That was bullshit. That didn't work. Or like, holy crap, that actually worked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I force myself to not look at, any, <laughs> at anything and I get stuck and I, I never touch the game again because I'm <laughs> right, stubborn. I'm too stubborn to, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to cheat. Yeah. Cause, oh, well, that was the other thing too. There used to be the Game Shark, which was a device. Oh, yeah. 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 That would let you, uh, the listeners that don't know what this is, you, you would you would plug it into this, uh, your game into that and it would unlock things. So you could basically cheat and uh, create like, unlimited deaths or, or whatever is a way to kind of speed your way through games and um basically cheat so yeah it was a whole and then there were the console people were like trying to sue them if i remember right and uh oh, really? yeah I, I don't remember this yeah because it was you, you know it kind of worked around what their agreement was for their hardware and it became like oh. well you can't do that and but there was a demand because people were like i want i want to be able to just get through this game you know because you know back then the games were a lot in some ways you know Dark Souls or whatever uh, excluded. But yeah, the games were a lot harder, right? So it was just yeah. really frustrating. And the checkpoints, because the limitations might have been very far apart, so people would get frustrated. So they were looking for ways to expedite that. So there has been always a way. <laughs> always a way, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always a way around it. Um, yeah, definitely. So where can people find you online? Like website, Twitter, stuff like uh, that? Well, you can find me on our station. Uh, it's Glenn De Leon. I think it appears as G. De Leon and on LinkedIn as G. De Leon Art. I'm going to send you the links. Because yeah, yeah. Send me the links. Kind of, yeah. 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 I'll put the links in the show notes. And If anybody wants to contact me or wants a portfolio review or whatever, I'm always open to help. Wow. Something I do every day anyway. So 
Cool. Uh, no, it's very generous. Beginner. Yeah. No, it's cool that you do that, right? Like, cause people sometimes when they get to a certain level, they're like, "I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm a big shot." Blah blah blah. But no, that's um, that's great that you want to give back to the community and give people feedback. And um, hats off to you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I think it's important to give back. Uh, I remember when I asked one of my favorite artists uh, for advice, and I was—I mean, I was sure that he, uh, she wasn't going to answer, but mm-hmm. in the end, she gave me advice, and I was like, "Oh wow, right? She's really cool because she helps others." And mm-hmm. I always thought, like, when I'm close to to there, I'm gonna help others too. No, and that—that's great that she did that for you, and that and that you kept your word, and you did that, or you're uh, doing that now for other people. So, um, no, that that's that's cool. That pay it forward, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing to do. Last question, like what's one piece of advice you'd give others working in the game industry right now? An interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a piece of advice would be to just in order to improve, uh, just remember that it's important to always work on personal artwork. Uh, it's mm-hmm. easy to fall into the trap of just working for other people's ideas, right? which sometimes can be very draining when you don't have a creative outlet for expressing yourself yeah so always try to work on 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 things that you enjoy because in the end even Mm -hmm. though this is your work and your job it's also art and it's also something you enjoy doing and right remember to actually enjoy working on it it's easy to just become a machine that produces (laughs) pretty assets Uh, yeah yeah yeah, it can be very bland if you go that way so Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself, uh, go outside, also see the family, see new experiences. Everything mm-hmm. always comes back to what you're creating. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's great advice, right? Yeah, don't just be only focused on, on your work. Like, have those pet projects, those things that you're, you're passionate about, the things that you're interested in, and do those. Because uh, they'll make you more, you know, kind of well-rounded. Plus, uh, you know, it's good for your mental health. and. Um, yeah, you're right. Step away from the computer sometimes. See fam- friends and family. Get a yeah, break. definitely. Yeah, and, and take time for yourself. Well, cool. Thank you, Glenn, for your uh, your time tonight. I appreciate this call. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity, and, and it was very cool to meet you. Cool. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.